Let me formally start us here. Just we've got a number number of other people joining us online now. So we're with Richard and T.C. Bailey serving in uh, Perth, Australia, although here in the States. I'm looking forward to seeing you all in in our missions conference in a couple weeks. Um, So welcome. And let's back up a little bit and and, um, just Give us a kind of an update on where you are with your church there in Perth and um, kind of give us an understanding of what the situation is there for you. Okay. Um, you want to do that? You want to do- Me. Go ahead. Okay. I'm still asleep. <laughs> <laughs> we have, um, so we've been there uh, 12 years now. Uh, when we got there, the church was around 40 people. Now we're close to 100 on Sunday mornings and we're looking to build a building. Um, so the church is, has grown a good bit, very consistent, very healthy. I think, uh, we have a good, a good mix of people from, from young and young couples and, um, people, teenagers, we have a good mix of families. Um, that's one of the secrets to church growth is you want somebody to come in and see somebody like them. So if you come in with toddlers, kids, if you're older, you'll see someone like you. Um, we've been meeting in a community center for, uh, years. We, I think we do about everything you can, as far as, uh, ministries, you know, women's ministries, men's ministries, et cetera. We do, uh, everything, uh, we can without a building. Um, we elected, uh, two new officers this year. So we have, um, the three elders who helped start the church and found it. Uh, plus one, Ming Kong, uh, came on as a new elder, and we elected our first deacon this year um, to oversee the, some of the ministries, uh, things outside the church and inside the church uh, for uh, for him. Um, our main thing, uh, we, we've restructured and reorganized a number of things. We're, we're moving from becoming a smaller church to a larger church, so there's more planning that has to be done, more activities, and we have good people that have been doing that. Um, our main, uh, our main thing the last few, two years has been, uh, working with the council for a building. So a developer came to us and, and said that he, um, he had a piece of property, which is a great piece of property located <clears throat> small, but it's a really good piece of property located on a main, main thoroughfare, um, that he was going to develop at his expense. That's the great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, He's going to build three, well, a ground floor, a first floor, and a second floor. The ground floor and the first floor will be a daycare. And then we will, the, the second floor has been designed for us. We, we've designed it with a sanctuary that seats 168, Sunday school rooms, things like that. Um, and kitchen and all that. So, uh, we put forth probably so far about $30,000 of, our building money to help with architect fees and things like that. Um, but now we've just been going back and forth with the council for over two years now. Uh, every time we, you, you've never known bureaucracy until you've known British style bureaucracy, uh, when it comes to, to getting things done. So we've, uh, our architect and, and project manager have been going back and forth with, uh, uh, the council on every time we, we answer their questions and change something, they want something else changed. So we're hoping to, um, we're hoping that this March, our fifth, fourth submission will be completely accepted and we'll, um, 
then the developer will be able to draw up the final, the working plans and be able to put it out for bid. And then we'll, we'll go, we're looking at probably a million and a half dollars to buy that floor. Uh, and then we have to outfit it. Um, so, uh, but it'll be, it, we've got to do that. Uh, we can't do any more than what we're doing is <clears throat> it's true. It, when, if you're full in a room, you just can't grow anymore. Um, so we would expect to grow fairly quickly. And when we reach, you know, 150, we'll go to two things will happen. We'll either go to two services and we'll, um, we'll plan another church. So our plan, we're not planning to do that, but it's a multi-use building. Um, the Australian councils don't like single purpose buildings, particularly with churches. Um, another one built in the neighborhood, they basically built a community center with a church in it. And that was approved because they just don't, it's very difficult to get a single use building plan passed if you're a church. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's as far as the, the church work goes. Um, doing that. You got anything to add? Um, well, just, you know, most of the ministries that we have, like Richard said, we're operated outside of the center. So we do a lot of, um, things in homes and, uh, that can be a challenge sometimes because, uh, like, well, I've got a young women's ministry that I do and we, kind of meet in different homes every week because we like to share a meal together and then we then we'll fellowship and then pray and then have a little discussion. But it's um um yeah, part of the problem is just because there's no consistency in where you meet. So it's goes from home to home to home. And then Richard has a young guys and they for a while they were just meeting at our house. Um I think they still do, don't they? Or do they partly partly, yeah. And then um and then they they started on their own, say, well we want to, you know, help host the the group too. So it's, um, so it's a good thing and that you're getting into others' homes and stuff like that. But, uh, but the main problem we have is just consistency and, uh, every week because, you know, some people, that's just too far. I can't travel that far, things like that. Um, but I think, you know, like you said, we're doing, we're doing everything we can do. Um, and it's just, you know, God's blessing that we've had people come in through the doors and just look around, you know, sit down and, um, you know, didn't speak English that much, but he did a little bit, but he kind of liked the music and saw people that looked like him. He's uh, Asian and he, after church, uh, I think Ming and his family went up to talk to him and he, <laughs> he said, how much does it cost to join this club? Your life. But anyway, but he came back the next week and brought his family and they've, um, since then they've joined the church and he's, they've all become believers. So it's just, just weird stuff like that just will just happen. So, yeah. just awesome. Yeah. So, 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 I understand you're in a community center now. Is that where you're meeting? Yeah. Yes, we. It's a a, a nice size community center right next to a, a a primary school and with a large oval uh, outside to park where they play uh they play cricket and uh, what they call footy Australian rules football, which you never understand, but you'll figure it out. It's it's uh it's it's you know kill the man with the ball that you played in elementary school with rules is basically what it is um and uh yeah it's a very it's a good good location um for us uh yeah we've been there um well i mean this year it's been a very tough year for for us for personally mm-hmm. for t c nine and so as you know i'm also um country director. MTW, 
Um, and then I, by de facto, became team leader when our team leader basically, uh, I won't say left, but came off of MTW. He had made it known during the start that if his church in Perth could support him and his church back home would send money directly to him, he was going to, you know, he would eventually leave MTW, which he did. He's still part of the MTW family, but, um, so I'm team leader also. Um, and so we have a church plant in Fremantle, uh, which is the port of Perth over east. And we have a church plant in the rural area with the Aboriginal group. Um, well, not a church plant, it's a ministry out there. But um, this year we've had, the last two years, people tend to think of missionaries go to the field that they don't have the problems that everyone else has, um, that we some kind of somehow get a pass on on children problems and marital problems and things like that, uh, but we don't. Um, so in the last three years, we've had two marriages come completely apart. Uh, one was a guy who he and his wife had been in Perth for 30-something years doing ministry. And uh, unfortunately, she went to another country to do some work and fell in love with someone there. Um and that was a, a tragedy, and that was a year and a half of work of them coming apart and Presbyterian involved and all sorts of things going on with that. So we're also a member of the Presbytery. My credentials are held in Louisiana, uh, and I'm a member of that Presbytery, but we also are allowed to work with the Westminster Presbyterian Church Presbytery of w, of Western Australia. Um, so anyway, that was uh, most little thing and then um another couple young couple on our team their marriage began to have go rocky and have trouble and it it came apart and they divorced and now we have believe it or not we have another family who are uh ministry couple mtw couple who are are struggling so uh satan is really after our team uh we don't need to go into details but you know it's just Mainly with both of these, they're, they're, as we all know, there are things in our marriage that we probably should have dealt with earlier that eventually will come back to get us. Um, and that's what happened in really all of, of these marriages. But uh, we're in the middle of that. Uh, and it's so it, it's emotionally draining. This couple right now are two of our best friends. So um, and it's 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 a struggle to watch them. They've been in counseling. They've been doing stuff and trying, but I don't know if it's going to, going to work out. Uh, the Lord has to work in a big way. Um, so yeah. And then another thing I said, that not to be a total downer. I mean, God's still sovereign and, you know, in the, in the midst of all this, the big parenthesis is that our churches are doing great. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're struggling, um, you know, and things like that, but God is blessing our, our works. Um, but I feel like also this is kind of the year of unanswered, unanswered prayers for me. It seems like every situation that I've really sought the Lord in and sought for other people and pray for God is, you know, he has the right to say no because he's sovereign. Uh, but it seems like God is always, has just come back with no's more than yeses. Um, and that's okay. He's, he's God and I'm not, but, uh, yeah, just struggling with, with things like that. Um, it, it's been a difficult, we're glad to be here, but we, we were glad to get on the plane. <laughs> to come here um but uh play, but it's um even here though i'm i'm emailing this morning with you know 
that that doesn't leave us. Sure. Uh, so it's been a very emotional, tough year for us. Um, Twenty coming out of COVID, twenty twenty three was not a great year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was the. Well, let's, let's talk about your congregation. I may come back to to some of those other issues, but um, very international congregation. Um, what is what is um, life like with a with a congregation like that? Where our our description here that you sent us, I guess, um, <laughs> Indian, Chinese, Malay, Samoan, Aussies, and yep. who knows what else? But uh, <laughs> South African. <laughs> well, first off, the food is awesome on <laughs> Sundays. <clears throat> um, it's a I use the word fun. It's a fun challenge as a pastor to um, to deal with people from all sorts of backgrounds. Um, you know, we had a, a Hindu couple. They're from a Hindu background and India, and she was very offended by something she thought was idolatry in the church and, and made it known. Um, the parents, uh, a lot of them were first-generation Christians um, who came out of uh, either Taoist or Hindu or, or we don't have any Muslims, um, Buddhist backgrounds. So a lot of them uh, are, we have both, we have some people who grew up Presbyterian and solid evangelical, but most of the congregation didn't. Um, so you're preaching to people and teaching them uh, our Reformed theology and they they have struggled to get in their, their, uh, their mind around what Presbyterian means. They're, they're not, they're not uh, familiar with working through a session through an elders. They, they still think the pastor runs the church. Um, but coming out of those backgrounds and they, they do a great job of melding things together. So most of our Chinese are from Malaysia. Uh, and then we have mainland Chinese. Um, some are newer Christians. So yeah, they, they're very, they're, when you do Bible studies, they're very interested and, and very geared in to learning Christianity. Um, learning what it what it's all about you know what I preach I can't you know meet I can't preach on every level every Sunday but you I certainly can't use big words and things that they've never heard before um, I used an illustration from Greek mythology once and a lady came up to me who was Chinese and she said you know we know nothing of Greek mythology um, so we have no I have no idea what you were talking about um, <laughs> And I said, oh, so actually I spent the next month studying Chinese mythology to come mm-hmm. up with some things I could pull out of out of that. Yeah. Um, but have, that's uh, I'll say that, but that's Australia. That's the mix. Now we um in dealing with some of the language barriers of the newer people that have come to the church, um, we've got two families in particular there but they speak Mandarin and they would uh, meet with them during the Sunday school hour and go through the Bible in Mandarin with them to get them to understand what the different things about Christianity because otherwise they would be totally lost from, you know typical terms we use um, they I can't think of anything right now but they would it would just kind of go over their head so um, Yu Xiang and um, Eileen kind of help help the people with that and just helping them to learn this is what this means in Mandarin they meet in the kitchen during Sunday school hour <laughs> so one thing we don't think about in America with generations of um, the way we raise families is so most of these people in, from other cultures come from a uh, it could be a South African Indian or whatever culture where really you know 
Um, children, the community reinforces values. The community reinforces, you know, uh, morals and things like that in their, in their towns and their villages. The kids don't step out of line because of, of really the community, kind of like, you know, we did maybe in your, in your neighborhood growing up. Um, but when they come to Australia, now their children are raised in a basically, uh, amoral, they have some moral culture. Their, their kids are, they're not reinforced. Their families are not reinforced, their values and things like that. And so they're having to try to parent in a culture which is totally different from what they grew up in. It's a struggle for them. Um, cause their, their kids are Aussie. They're Australian now. You wouldn't, if you talk to them on the phone, you will, you won't pick up a Chinese accent or whatever. Um, so, you know, family dynamics are different from what the parents grew up with. Maybe it changes every generation for us too, but, um, yeah, that's helping them, uh, do that and, and learn because they're, they're trying to push their kids, but not be tiger moms and tiger dads. And the kids do feel a lot of pressures. Um, and then as you, I think in that letter, you, you, you saw the different varieties of weddings that we've done, um, in the last uh, year of, of uh, all the mix and match of that's, that's Australia. That's, mm-hmm. that's the culture. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like more of a melting pot than here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely. I mean, so how would you describe our street we live on TC? Um, we got Indian next door with a dog that hates me. There's a um, Aussie <laughs> <laughs> dog really hates me. <laughs> There's a um, <laughs> um, next door is a single mom. Um, I think she's Aussie. We have Pakistani down the street. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many families live in that house. It's like there's always people coming in and out. Um, Chinese. It's it's a yeah big variety of people that live in our street. So yeah. I, I can tell who's what by the um, the different religious holidays for the yeah. different um, yeah. religions. You know, if it's a Hindu holiday. I see all the the Hindis dressed up and if it's a you know Muslim holiday you see the Muslims dressed up I can kind of figure out who's what and what house by the way they dress on their holidays yes yeah, it's, it's definitely a melting pot and the you know the church is making lots of inroads <clears throat> um, more people become more if, if you look at Muslims um, uh, whatever other religions they, they become Christians outside of their home country mm-hmm. So particularly with our university ministry, um, we've, we we're not, we support it and our kids work in it. It's not run from our church. Um, but a lot of Chinese particularly come, they're looking for, and, and other Indians, they're, they're looking for, for Jesus. Um, the, the white Aussies, um, they, they come to church and it's really through friendships that, that they become believers, um, and relationships there. So. Um, yeah, it's, uh, the church is growing. Our church is growing. I, I'm in a ecumenical prayer group that we've met for about seven years on together on Wednesday mornings. And, you know, all our churches are growing. Things are happening. The mainline denominations are struggling, but, uh, the church overall in Australia seems to be growing, um, and more and more people coming in. So you're not getting any resistance from the state? Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> it hasn't gotten over in Perth yet, but um, over east, like in Victoria and um, New South Wales, they're 
passing legislation um, to um, to make correct me, I'm probably going to be wrong on this, but but to make it unlawful for churches to speak against um, transsexualism or um, homosexuality and um, things like that. Um, and that's causing a lot of um, angst along the churches because, you know, this is what we believe. Um, and there are instances where um, a man that went to a, a Christian church over there that uh, a couple from our church go to, but um, in Melbourne, um, and he had been elected to the board of... Um, no, he was the chairman of a of a premier footy club, which yeah. is like being the footy club. the manager of the Green Bay Packers. But so. the premier, the premier of Victoria said he's not qualified to be in that because he goes to this controversial church. That's just, you know, it's just an evangelical church. Um, it's never really made the news for anything other than the fact that it didn't come out and, you know, we support, you know, um, transsexual choices and stuff like that. And so that, he resigned because of the pressure from the premier. I mean, I'm like, why is he getting involved in this? It's not even political political position. But um, mm-hmm. so that generally stuff that starts over east gradually makes its way to Western Australia. So there is concern um, that the government will step in and say, you can't. We're going to take away your, you know, place to worship if you're, you know, not teaching against these principles. So the um, one thing to understand is that. The states are highly independent. Um, the, the federal government really doesn't have a whole lot of power except with taxation. And if we go to war or disaster, um, each state is, is a little government to itself. So you can have totally different rules from one state to the other. So over east, particularly in Melbourne, um, they use the Marriage Act, which passed uh, four years ago. Yeah. Um, which undefined marriage is marriage. It made marriages anything, whoever you want to marry or whatever, but they've used that to press into they're they're going after Christian schools. Mm-hmm. They're, they're filing. They don't, they don't have much legal lawsuits and things, but they're challenging schools that they have to hire homosexuals, mm-hmm. private Christian schools Muslim have schools. to hire homosexuals. So all the churches are, um, are, are really gearing up legally to make sure their bylaws and things protect them from being, uh, being sued or whatever, uh, but they're directly going after um, Christian schools, uh, the homosexual and the LGBTQ lobby. I mean, we're we're way past, you know, LGBTQ is just the way it is. It's accepted. Uh, that's just they have the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and also, yeah, you could be. They have tribunals that meet if you're if they pulled your sermon from Romans one and found it to be offensive, you could be hauled in front of a tribunal uh, in Melbourne. It hadn't happened yet, but it will. Um, they have actual tribunals which talk about, dissent, you know, um, offending someone. Mm-hmm. And you could be thrown in jail. So it's not happening, you know, blatantly yet, but it's coming. Um, and, and churches are, um, you know, you don't want to self-censor. You don't want to say, well, I'm not going to talk about this because I'm afraid to to do this, but, uh, it, you have to think about what you say and what you do. So, um, to answer your question, yes, from a government level and the activists, they're, they're after, they're directly targeting Christian and really only Christian churches and groups. Um, 
some of that sentiment underlie even the this whole building permit process, approval to build a, a church where you are now? Is that well? I, I think everybody tells us that they make it harder for churches, and I think they do. Yeah. I think there's some of that in there. Uh, maybe they're not moving as fast as as stuff. We don't know directly. Uh, we have an architect. One of our elders is an architect, and and he just says it's these architects are just idiots, and you know he blames it on them. Um, and but there may be some of that in there. I know churches have a very difficult time finding and buying property and building, as opposed to the developer who puts up a shopping center. It seems like you know in in We're six months. So well, I, I think there's, there may be some of that in there. They certainly have made it. The, certainly the, the the opposition seems like it's greater than other groups have. And what was it going back to some of your very first remarks? Um, the builder who came to you, what uh, is he a believer, or what drew him to to come to you? Oh yes, he's a, um, actually a deacon in another Presbyterian church in town. Uh, the largest Presbyterian church, Bull Creek. Yeah. He's well known. Um, he knew we were looking for property. He knew we were trying to find a place. And he had a, he and a partner had this piece of property and he bought his partner out and came to us. And so he's basically, uh, doing our, our part of it is at cost. He's not making profit on it. Um, so yeah, he came to us to, uh, yeah. with an offer that we've been working on. So if not, if, if it all falls apart, the God will provide us with another place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's fascinating that you know, how how the Lord works. <laughs> we always we always talk about that, but then to see it actually unfolding and is is interesting through the challenges and yet the the blessings too. Uh, we're we're taking our first intern, so we have a young man who feels a call to the ministry. Um, there's a organization called MTS, um, Ministry Training, um, not services, school or program that, uh, it's international, but it's an internship program to give someone a taste of the, put them a real taste of what the ministry is so they'll know whether they want to get into it or not. Um, mm-hmm. So that'll start in June. He's a great young man. Um, so he'll start taking seminary courses and also working in our church and in different ministries and then taking training through their program too on, on other aspects of the church. So a guy gets a real, a real taste of ministry. And at the end of two years, he he'll commit to either go on and become a pastor or not. Um, So that's exciting that we've got a young man going into ministry. Yeah. Yeah. While you're here in the States, are the men on your session holding forth in your absence, or how is that working? They are. Uh, I have a great session. So you have three of the elders who were part of the original planters. So they've, they've been there 20 years, and they work well together. We all have the, the different gifts. Uh, Ming comes in as the new guy, um, and he's, he's excellent also. And then we have uh, – so one of the elders is also – uh, a teaching elder, so he's handling most of the preaching while I'm gone, um, and uh, he he's moderated the Presbyterian and all that. He doesn't he's not a formal pastor, but uh, and then we have uh, a young man that the family that was doing Wycliffe work in the Northern Territory. He's preaching some. We have an international 
student ministries guy on on campus who does some of the preaching, and then a young man who was a who was a missionary in Thailand does a little bit of preaches also. So we that's why we've covered all the the preaching. Then I'm in on the Zoom meeting once a month. We have a Zoom session meeting um, that I'm in on. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. yeah, and all the yeah. So that's that's keeping it going. Yeah. Well, and I, uh, you were describing your um, country director and MTW other responsibilities. So I guess the presence of those people, those men in particular, helps relieve that situation too. How do, how do you kind of figure your the percentages of your time with the other MTW responsibilities? Yeah. Uh, it, I'm doing all the talking. It, it varies. You know, one week I may have to put – 10 hours in MTW and one week I may put one. Um, it just varies and, and trying to keep the church. I mean, my, my call there was to be church planter and pastor. So trying to keep that front and center, but it, um, yeah, it varies from week to week, right? It's been pretty, this last year is a lot of time in midst of the world stuff. Yeah. And, and right now with this couple of crisis is that, but yeah, it just from week to week, I, it, yeah. I have to I have to be careful. I can't define what I'm going to do. Um, yeah, Matt, at one point he said, um, "My goal is just going to be I'm going to work three hours in MTW, and it's like a week, and it was just, and then this year happened, and it just. But the church has been very supportive and understanding, and um, you know they know uh, they can't. It's it's just really hard, but yeah, we have a, we have a church plant in Sydney, and MTW does, uh, and. You know, that, that's a guy named Jim Jung, who was country director. He's, he's regional director. Um, and, um, yeah, he runs that church over there. So I don't have to do much with it, um, with his work. So we're just, rec- you know, the things we're recruiting, we're trying to get, we can't get anybody to come to Australia. We're trying to get interns and vision trips and things like that. You think people would pile in. <laughs> You don't have to learn the language. Come on. But, uh, yeah, we're recruiting for all that. Yeah, it is a, it's a tough, you know, one week I may look up and I've spent more time in, in that, you know, it's Thursday. I got to get a sermon done, you know, and, uh, but it, it varies from week to week. Sure. MBW, I know they have some counseling inherent within the organization. Do they assist with these, these couples, for example, or other, uh, other resources, or you're not having to depend yeah. on just some local counselor there, perhaps, or are you? Um, yeah, they, I'm going to answer that. I'm sorry. I don't want to talk some shit. Um, okay. They have a local counselor they're using, but um, he's not like, doesn't have credentials, in other words, um, but he's basically more of a um, just listening and things like that. But um, we have suggested strongly that um, they use an MTW um, counselor and there's a, um, what's it called? Alongside ministries, I think. Um, And she is very willing and wants to do whatever. And he's not, Um, he says, well, well, there's no point in that. You know, know, I'm happy with this person. So it's um, Amy Newsom uh, is on member care and she's also a marriage counselor. So she's been reaching out to uh, Missy, the girl that, um, that we're, we're really working with her and, and with her husband, but it, um, um, 
it's just been really difficult because um, and Missy said, um, told me one time when she was crying, she said, I just don't know how I could have done this without you guys because you're, my family's 10,000 miles away. My family, my husband and my marriage is falling apart. My little girl is suffering, but, you know, she's just, just didn't want people to underestimate the amount of support that we have given them, even though we're not directly involved because um, they go to a different church. Um, but it's just having someone to come alongside her. But we're hoping that they will, um, that he'll change his mind and they will be able to do this alongside ministry because we really feel like it'd be, it'd be a lot more helpful than yeah, what they're getting. Yeah. Sure. MTV has, has really one of the, the, the main interest emphasis of MTW in the last really five years has been member care. Yeah. Uh, Lloyd Kim has made that a priority. And um, so I'm also a member of the member care for Asia Pacific, uh, but each region has member care. And then there are a lot of mission counseling agencies out there. Um, there's a great one in Chiang Mai. Um, and, you know, we can just encourage people to to get involved with that. So with this couple, we've encouraged them to get other counseling, other counselors. Um, they're in the middle of a separation right now. Um, and we'll see at the end of that. But, yeah, everything has been pushed. Everything is available to them. And, and really, to, to there, there are a lot of good missions counseling agencies out there. And we try to use all of them. And, and we have our own group of MGW has its own group of counselors and psychologists and medical doctors and everybody to help to help in things like this. Right, right. We want to go to prayer questions in just a minute, but let me just see are there other questions. Anybody? You have a lot on your plate, so it's amazing you're coming to the U.S. for vacation. We, we, we would go to Australia, but uh, <laughs> I wish it were a vacation. I wish it were. We've already done 2,800 miles in our car. Uh, well, I, but, I hope uh, you have some time to go turkey hunting, and <laughs> the Lord will bless you with some turkeys. <laughs> well, that that will be a priority. I had to go buy. I bought a, some new hunting pants. My my pants seemed to have shrunk while I was gone. I don't really understand what happened. Uh, they shrank. I couldn't get into them. Uh, <laughs> is your family doing well? Your own children and grandchildren. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I think um, we struggled with our oldest son and um, their little family because of uh, they're horrible housekeepers. <laughs> I, I had, well, they are. It's like, it was very stressful for me to walk in their house thinking, oh my God, do what happened in here. Um, so we've gotten, we had to kind of step back and evaluate our response to, you know, their chaos. Um, and, but they're doing fine. Their marriage is really strong and their little girls are adorable. She's Lydia's four and a half, Natalie's two. And then the, um, Evelyn, the baby, is uh, two months old. So I've had a lot of fun uh, with reentry, getting to play with them and stuff. Um, Lydia told us we were her favorite, favorite grandparents, which, you know, I'm like, guess we're, yeah. we're, not, we're never here. But uh, um, our other son, Wilson, um, he's 38. Rich is 40. Wilson's 38. He's in um, Antarctica um, doing – he's a sparky um, elect, industrial electrician. Um, so he's helping to keep the generators going. Um before we left to go to Australia, he told us he uh, didn't really think um, 
the church was real, um, that he didn't believe in God anymore. And so we've been mm. praying for him uh, a lot, um, praying that the Lord would reach him even, you know, down there. Um, and then Duncan is our youngest, and he's working in Tasmania, and we got kind of a, um, I won't say it's distressing, but an email, a message from him last night that he's, you know, just doesn't feel happy in his job. Um, you know, he's thinking about, you know, working in a bar or something like that. He's a journalist in, um, in Tasmania. Uh, and he's kind of backed off from his faith. I don't think he has distant completely, but he's, um, not going to church. Um, so again, you know, they just, like Richard said in the beginning, you know, you think God will give you a pass with your kids because you're, you know, doing the ministry and it's like, it's almost, um, yeah, mm. it's not that at all. So it's difficult. Good stuff. You know. So, uh, one clarification. Duncan's, the, the newspaper has changed. Yeah, that's right. And that's what he's dissatisfied is not really about writing good, good articles. It's about getting clicks on clickbait and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, they're going digital. I don't think he likes that. So, you know, Wilson got to go to the South Pole. That's pretty cool. The other day they, <laughs> he helicoptered to the South Pole. So that's, um, that's an elite group of people who've ever said they've been there. Yeah, <laughs> they're great kids. I mean, they're doing yeah. fine. They then run off into you know absolute hedonism and craziness. But yeah. they're great. They're doing great. They just need to get their rear ends back into church. Yeah. <clears throat> but God will work. Yeah. Well, we know the prayer requests that, yeah. that you've given us certainly for your church and uh, the planning board. We've talked about those. The city council there, the approvals that you need, and. um just the uh, TC, uh, we haven't talked about here working with the emergency. I see that uh, emergency department in the hospital. Yeah. yeah, that's um that's been a real stretch for me. They um I walked into a totally different type of um atmosphere um and a different type of patient. Uh, I've been assaulted more there than I ever was the whole time I worked in the United States. Um, not you know strangling my throat, but throwing things at me and um, being called really, really vile things. And I was very shocked by that because I, you know, they just didn't do that in the States uh, as much anyway, but they, uh, um, but it's um, the balance there is um, I've worked about three shifts one week into the next. Um, I may cut down a shift when I go back. Just I've got time in dealing with, that and then working with the alongside the girls and stuff like because I've been able to request what days I want off, um, so that usually works works well. Um, it's a very busy environment. Um, I usually debrief by or de-escalate by talking to Richard when he's driving me home from the hospital and his ears are all singed by the time I get through. But uh, but um, but it's nice. I think. One of the counselors at the refresh seminar we went to last week said, this is the way you you distract from the stress that you're having um, with all the stuff with the team and things like that. It's like a distraction, a stressful distraction is what he called it, I think, which, but I'm able to walk out the door and leave it. Um, but I think the advantage of working there is I've probably seen more of um, Australia than even in our church because so many migrants and peoples and come in and they've got situations that they're unable to handle, handle their ecopic. Um, I think COVID made people a lot of, um, have difficulty coping with things. So they come to the emergency room and give us all their problems and stuff. So it's been, um, 
interesting to do that. Um, I've been able to try to minister to people. You have to be kind of careful because they just don't, um, right. they don't allow that. Um, unless somebody asked me, which I've been asked that a lot, you know, what brings you to Australia? And I said, well, we're here working uh, with the church and, and stuff. And some people will go, you know, um, but that's really good, you know, and then they'll change the subject. But I've had, um, a couple of instances where patients, um, will start to share their troubles with me. And, um, one guy had said he'd become a Christian and then he fell off the wagon and, um, sorry, fell off the, um, Anyway, stopped going to church and just got into a horrible situation. And, and I was trying to encourage him to go back to church. And he just, you know, just said, no, I can't. I'm, I've just done too many bad things. I said, no. I said, you need to get back to church. And so I didn't have a whole lot of time to spend with him, but I hopefully left a little seed of hope with him. Um, it's a very hopeless community um, because they don't, the majority of them don't believe in God or they don't go to church. Um, they'll put none as their religion and, they are um, very depressed. A lot of them are, uh, are antidepressants or suicidal. Um, they have a lot of mental health disorders. So it's um, because I think a lot of it is that they just they don't have any hope. So, um, you know, so we deal a lot, a lot with mental health issues. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We, uh, we, um, we just came from re refresh, re-entry, re-something. Um, all the missionaries who are home on home mission assignment or furlough have to attend this. And it was very, it was excellent, much better than the one five years ago. It was, we really benefited from, from being there. Um, I think TC summed up the word, you know, loss of hope. That's Australia is such a great place to live, such a prosperous country and there's so much to do. And you, you wonder why would anyone get depressed? But I think they really have, it's so prosperous and so good to live in that they they do everything and they try everything and they and and yet at the end of it there there's still no really hope they 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 encounter problems they don't know what to do mm-hmm. like you know wow so um, yeah I think that's part of the the, the country yeah that's you know that's just a, I don't know whether it's a symptom or evidence of the maybe the siren song go back to your Greek mythology. Um, of secularism, you know, all these things are so wonderful in the physical realm, and yet it's just there's no spirituality to it, yeah. and, and that's what we miss when we, when a culture even walks away from roots in the, in, in the scripture, yeah, like much less an individual in the true relationship with the Lord. So, um, yeah. okay. Where, where was this refresh conference? In Georgia. Yeah. Over at the Methodist Thanks. Epworth. Epworth. Yeah. Yeah. Is that where was Carolyn there? Uh, no, she wasn't there. Okay, it's a different thing. Than, yeah, Bubba's daughter, Carolyn. Probably know Carolyn from. Oh yeah, yeah. we know Carolyn. Yeah. She's but, awesome. Uh, she was has been a part of that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly what she does, but. Uh, well, she does. She does a lot. She does a lot of different she things. Does it, yeah, she does a lot of different right. things. She, she's the person behind everybody else that makes everything work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other people stand up and just act like they did it all when she did it. <laughs> well, let's go to prayer. Um, other prayer requests that you, in addition to what you've given us, you'd like to add. And, for, and, for me, um, I mean, Alan can tell you that. 
as, as my best friend and former roomie. Um, I'm not a confronter. I'm an encourager. I'm a, you know, I'm that. I'm going to make you feel I, I can counsel you, love on you, do all that. And yet in my position as leadership, particularly with MTW, with some of these situations, I'm going to have to, I mean, I've had to do it over the last few years, but just step up and lead and make decisions that I don't want to make. But that's what leadership is about. Um, and do some things that that I just don't want to do and I avoid them, mm-hmm. you know. I avoid stepping in and saying, well, this is the way it has to be uh, as an authority figure. But, yeah, just pray for me that I'll do what I need to do as a leader um, and pray for our church, of course, the building. Um, yeah, and that we'll be encouraged when we when we leave here. Just maybe a footnote to that, and, and we will pray for that. Our um, interim minister is taking our session through Paul Tripp's book, Lead. The title is simply the one word, Lead. It's, it's excellent. Um, Thank you. Commend that to you. But uh, okay, I, anything else? What else? Other prayer requests? Um, Just that we get all the support raised. Uh, yeah, we have some support to raise while we're here, so we need to do that, and that we'll be able to schedule all the church meetings and people meetings that we need to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, our support count overall is looks good uh but they like they want that monthly <laughs> uh, i never figured out they want that monthly pledge thing but um yeah yeah and some of our supporters are getting older um as we all are you know they've been with us for for years and um uh yeah we kind of but yeah support is always in the back of the minds of everyone appreciate the you know really large support that you give that yeah. trinity gives us that was that's great yeah Blessing. Um, yeah. Right. Well, let's go to prayer. Um, Judy, are you? Uh, would you be willing to start us with prayer? Judy Kaiser's on. Yeah, ma'am. <laughs> hey, Judy. Got you on mute. <laughs> I have laryngitis. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> okay, we will. Yeah, Judy will pray silently while we pray. <laughs> But but will we use this and anybody pray? But I'll close this. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning to hear from Richard and TC. And Lord, my heart goes after them. They have a plate full. They have so much going on. And on top of just planning a church and having all these other involvements, just uh, dealing with the day-to-day problems that people have, we all have, and I, he, he was so true in telling us just because they're missionaries, they're doing the Lord's work, they're not immune from all these different things. So I just pray that you would be with them, that you would encourage them, uh, Lord, that um, they know that you're there and that they can depend on you, and I pray that they would do that And as they go forward with these many activities. But I really want to lift up their family, and I, I just pray that... Um, their children would, would come to know you if they don't, and they would walk with you, and they would encourage their, their their parents in this way. And we all have that same concern with different members within our families. So I pray that you would uh, uh, work in the, the lives of, of all these people that we're talking about. And Lord, the, the, much, the, the work that he's been there, but I think back of the years he's had in ministry, starting here at Trinity and then going over to 
planes and then going out to Australia and the faithfulness that Richard and TC have had all these years and continue to be faithful to the, the work that's going on. So, say so I, I do pray that you would give them a good time here, that uh, somehow they can relax and be refreshed and encouraged and as they plan to to go back. But they have so many things going with the building of a church, uh, dealing with all the the members of the church, growing the church, and then with the ministry that uh, Richard has with the MTW that you would be with him there and with TC and her work uh, in the hospital. Lord, you put us in different places all the time, and we have that opportunity to share your love. So I pray that for them, and I pray that for us. So I just thank you again for their years of service. I thank you that we are connected again with them and what they're doing. So I pray that you would be with them in their travels here and their contact with churches, uh, raising their support, and particularly be with them when they come to be with us in a few weeks and spend some time with us. So, again, we just thank you for their years of service. We thank you for their work and pray that you would say be with them and encourage them as they continue to, to do your your will. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful uh, to you, um, our sovereign Lord, and we look to you knowing that um, it is by your grace and mercy that we can even come before you. Uh, it is the work of Christ that has reconciled us to you, and that we are thankful for for that, um, thankful for the work of your Spirit in our lives day by day. Um, and we give you praise, Lord, for um, the work of this church and in Perth and for its growth um, and for th- those who are part of it, for these um, men who are on the session, for the families that you bring, and certainly for the role that Richard and, and TC are, are filling in this church. And even as they're stressed with larger responsibilities and with Mission of the World and um, that that you would continue to bless um, their efforts with this church, that you would build the the fellowship, um, and that it would span across the ethnic um, lines, and that the members of this church would truly see one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, and even in a in a small way, a picture of what um, will be fulfilled. And out in the future, in your timing, where all of us will stand around the throne giving praise to you. And this church resembles that certainly more than Trinity does. And so um, we recognize that, that that presents difficulties, too, in bridging across and language barriers and, and practices, um, cultural practices. But unite them, I pray, um, that they would be of one mind and and serve as a as a life of the gospel there in that city. I pray for good progress and completion of this uh, approvals with the city planning board for the building and just grateful for this um developer who would would come along and, and be willing to build and I pray that you would bless that work and that as a the new church um takes shape um that the congregation would continue to grow. 
I pray for TC as she works in this in this hospital and um, how in, in a way certainly stretches her um, with the, the many issues that she faces there in, in the in the emergency room and yet in in one sense another form of ministry certainly and the opportunity that that presents and um, perhaps a reality check uh, on just we we in tend to be very insular in our churches. And yet this is, um, she's in the world and certainly not of it, having, having being a, a daughter of the king. Um, pray for uh, just the continued work, uh, the mission of the world in that country and region. And um, Richard would have wisdom um, and strength and endurance to do that. Thank you for these other men that, are um, a part of the team, essentially, in, in being able to fill in the leadership roles of the church in his absence. Mm-hmm. And, and I pray that you would uh, give him the, the, the wisdom to deal with these other issues and the, and the challenges that they represent. I, I pray for these couples that, that we just talked about that, that are in need of counseling and that you would provide um Counseling that is based on your word, that is rooted in your word, and um, that your spirit. We know that ultimately this is the work of your spirit in the lives and the hearts of people, and yet that um, would be good instruments in your hands to do this. And so, Lord, we give you we give you praise once again. Uh, we look to you even for strength for this day ahead, um, as Richard and TC are traveling and, and certainly weary from that. Give them rest and respite as they go about. We look forward to having them with us here in just a few weeks. Um, but sustain them during this time, provide the financial support that as they need to continue their ministry and meet those needs, meet, meet all of their needs, Lord, we ask. Go with each of us in this day that we would glorify you. It's in the name of Christ we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Father, I pray for Trinity. I pray for, uh, thank you for this committee, for their interest in us, um, for keeping up with us and caring for us, for their support. Uh, Lord, I pray for Trinity Churches. Um, I thank you for it as, as a bulwark, as, um, Lord, really in the, in the late seventies is in the early seventies, you, really worked to revive a lot of Montgomery and Trinity was the center of that. Mm-hmm. And you continued on to keep uh, a godly men in their pulpit. Do lead them to the right pastor who will um, take this next generation of people uh, on uh, and who is faithful to your word, who can is articulate, who can communicate, um, but who really just loves you and can communicate that to the congregation. Give the session uh, and the committee search committee wisdom uh, Lord, you will provide this man. You may have already, you've got him. You've already selected him. Uh, you just need to lead them to him. Uh, that may have already taken place. But Lord, do that and we'll trust you that the right man will fill that pulpit and Trinity will continue to grow and, and spread and minister in the city of Montgomery. In Christ's name, amen.